Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk, but in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Ah, this is Kev Dillon from Black Country Blokes. Today, I've, I'm very happy to be joined by a very good friend who I've mentioned on numerous shows, Nick Davis. Nick Davis is an NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist and life coach. I've been lucky enough to know Nick for the last 15 years. When I was 20, I'd just done a counselling course, a level two counselling course, and I was a bit deflated by the whole experience. So when Nick came in, who was just started on his journey at the time, and we made an agreement, I'd teach him about boxing and he'd teach me about NLP skills. So passing you over to you, Nick. Yeah, how you doing, Kev? Thanks for having me on today. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a long time ago, wasn't it? And it's, it's funny being back here. Um, all those years ago when I met you and it was like... And I was fascinated by your knowledge and your dad's knowledge of boxing and everything else. So we kind of hit it off straight away, didn't we, really? Mm. And it was just talking about... And back in those days, it was... Um, it wasn't fashionable for blokes to talk, was it? No, not at all. And as we sort of, you took me on the pads a few times and I sort of got chatting with you, we sort of realised we had quite a bit in common and um, and it was good for us to be able to help each other, really. What got you into NLP, Nick? Because I remember when you used to work at BT all those yeah. years ago. Well, yeah, I had a really good career at BT and um, one day I was like, uh, I started to feel a bit rough and I was working like silly hours, 60-hour weeks. I was moving house and I got gazumped on the house that I was moving to, so I'd move in with my parents. I split with my girlfriend, but at the time I thought it was indestructible. And all my life I kind of shrugged things off and thought, oh, stress for, it's for wimps and this, that and the other. And then I had a fit, I had a full-on epileptic fit and um, all my muscles tightened up and everything and it was horrible, it was really horrible. And the next day it was like somebody had taken half of my life away because I woke up with anxiety, panic attacks, um, I had chronic fatigue syndrome and it was just alien to me and it was, I lost my, a lot of my friends because I was a bit of a rugger bugger, you know, some work hard, play hard. And um, they saw me go from this confident character down to the shallow the person I was before and it was a... A long, long, horrible journey for me because I went for 20 sessions of counselling. That didn't help and actually made me feel worse. I kept talking about the problems over and over again. So what I made the decision to do was I need to, I need to beat this myself. So I sat in the library every night, got books out and everything else. And for about the next, I went on a real journey for about, I mean, it took me about six to 18 months to get myself right. And then I went back to BT in that time, had a very unsympathetic boss. I looked into a lot of things. And in 2006, uh, I did my qualifications and everything else, obviously studied loads prior to it, and then did it as a full-time job in 2006. And isn't it, as when you touched on it, and me and the other blokes have mentioned this, when you're down, how many people aren't there? Because oh. that anxiety, oh, not sorry, I've said the wrong word. When you're saying, oh, I'm feeling bad, people don't know how yeah. to do it. So what they do... They just give you a wide berth. Yeah. And to add to the depression and the loneliness, yeah. then your nearest and dearest can't talk to you, even about the football scores. Yeah. And, that, and that was the thing, you know, like my mum and dad were doing the best to help me at the time and they sent me to the doctor and the doctor gave me tablets. I took these tablets, venlafaxine, actually made me blind. I had a, a electrical currents in my head. I remember losing my sight and panicking with that and then that made the anxiety worse. So I weaned myself off those. But um, there's that story I tell you when I... I went out with the lads and I stopped drinking. I lived a healthy life and, and I thought I had 50 friends. 
but it turned out 48 of those weren't friends. There was only two people stuck by me in that time. And a lot of people were sniggering behind my back, going, oh, look at him before. He was cocky with his good job and this, that, and the other. Look at him now. And it was horrible. And I remember going to the bar and... Um, one of my mates is actually a really nice lad and he was singing the words to the song because we're, we're in a pub and there's music on and it was Fats and Smalls and he was singing the words, hey, what's wrong with you? You're looking kind of down to me. And I was desperate for someone to talk to him. My counsellor said, talk to people. And I said, oh, I've got anxiety. And he just looked at me and went, no, no, I was singing the song. And then he just walked off and the whole bar cleared. And at the time, it was a really horrible experience. I felt so lonely and alone. But I laugh about it now because I'll say, you know, how do you clear a bar? Tell someone you've got anxiety. But it, it, it just goes to show that nobody knows how to, how to talk to you or what to do. And that's why I've become an expert in it. And that's why I'm glad to come on here with stuff that you're doing and, and, and the other, like, the radio stuff we've done together as well. It, for me, it's great because I feel like I'm giving back that if I can help that one kid, that one adult, that one person that's struggling alone, Honestly, it's, it's a horrible, you know, to, to compare it, and I say this, you know, not, not, to, not to be clever or anything, but, you know, when I was a young lad, I, I, my dad taught me, you know, if you get bullied, you've got to stick up for yourself, this, that, and the other. I used to get into a few fights and this, that, and the other. And, I, and, and sadly, one night, I got into a fight and I got stabbed in the heart. I didn't know the two lads I was fighting with had knives, and I got stabbed in my back, and I, I shouldn't be here. I got stabbed in the right ventricle. I had no pulse, no blood pressure, no heartbeat, and I, I was clinically dead, but they somehow managed to bring me back. And I believe that's why I'm here now. I'm here to do what I do now. But I say to people, actually getting stabbed, the fear of, of nearly dying from that was, was not as bad as when I collapsed and got these panic attacks because I felt like I was dying eight times a day. Even though I nearly, I nearly physically died, these panic attacks were worse. And, it was, and that was the thing. It's like you just don't know how bad or what somebody's suffering with. And I think that's the thing. I think um, physical trauma people can identify with. Mm. But like saying, um, I've got a parrot on my shoulder to someone it seems so absurd yeah but if that bloody parrot is sat there on your shoulder and you see him and you feel him yeah the demons in our own heads mm. are the true devil yeah but i was very lucky because i had uh, problems um with my temper and and working with nick through the nlp and hypnosis mm. has brought me on loads i always used to have a a crippling fear of needles for having me uh, meningitis and all the injections and lumbar puncture but now, thanks to Nick, I, I can comfortably have even the most painful ones. And he's helped me overcome so many of my demons. And what Nick's become very famous for in his game at the moment is something called the Black uh, Blast. That's my accent. <laughs> black country. <laughs> the, the, the Black Nick. <laughs> yeah. the, the Blast technique. And when I was attacked by a, a staff tube or tearing my own home, mm. um, Nick came along and helped me. And I'd gone from having night terrors to hearing that every dog I heard, I thought it was the same dog coming to kill me. And it worked wonders. Would you mind explaining what it is, Nick? Yeah, so I specialise in uh, PTSD and trauma, and people don't realise that you can have traumas from, um, you know, things like, you know, splitting up with your partner or um, losing a boxing match and things like that. It's a, tra a trauma essentially is when you um, have event happens to you, and it can be terribly scary and things like that, but it doesn't have to be. Um, but it's where you have night terrors about it, you have flashbacks, and you can't process that memory. And what we found is, and this is my area of speciality that I kind of 
I never thought I was going to end up doing this, but I just kind of follow what the universe creates for me, so all situations and uh, things that happen. And I've ended up creating this technique called the blast technique. And what it does, it uses eye movements for the light pen to, to actually physically reprogram the way the memory is stored. So PTSD and trauma never goes away in my experience. I've, you know, I've dealt with hundreds, if not thousands of cases, um, having you know done this job for a long time. Uh, and what I found is that we can cure it within minutes. In fact, I'm, I'm, I taught it this weekend to a new group of students and I'm uh, teaching it in Holland in November as well. And it's really gathering pace. If you want to find out more about it, you can go to www.blast hyphen technique.com we will put these kind of informations in our in our list at the bottom so if any of this which i've said many many times if you are suffering don't suffer alone sometimes it's great to talk to a friend other times talk to a professional yeah. so i'll leave all nick davis's information below and, and that's the thing is like you know what what i found in my journey really has been to find out what works you know what works and what doesn't because there's a lot of bad information out there especially in the nhs i'm not saying you shouldn't go to the nhs you shouldn't go to your doctor and everything else but there's you know in the private sector there's you know there's a lot of people like myself i mean i've been in talks with the nhs for the last three years to try and get a trial with them to, to see if they can you know get this offered and get it trained out in the nhs but it's such a long process and same with west midlands police I had a meeting with them two years ago and we're still waiting for a callback. They said, yeah, then we want to get this rolled out with the police, this, that, the other, but we need to go through HR. And that's the problem with government organisations. They're so slow to, to, to embrace things like this, which work really, really quickly. I always think, isn't it amazing that we live in such a pharmaceutical generation mm. where it's cheaper to give you something that's made yeah. than to have someone to have a conversation with you. Yeah. And I honestly believe, and I talk to a lot of police friends who come up here, and I believe if we could have... NLP, and I'll get you to explain what NLP is yeah. in a bit, but if we could have NLP taught at like primary school level, because mm. what we do is we wait for someone to get really broken and yeah. then try and fix them instead of, why, Kev, are you angry? My, I lost my vision. I'm not feeling loved. I don't feel popular. But if we could address the problem young, mm. instead of plastering over the cracks, build the wall correctly the first time. Yeah, and, that, and that's the great thing about boxing clubs. I mean, you know, when we met here... I remember the character that you were back then and, and you know, you were like very defensive and, and angry and you could have a fight and everything. But I saw behind it, you know, the, the vulnerability which I'd had and I was brought up the same way that, you know, you, you create this uh, tough exterior because you've got to defend yourself and things like that. But what we both realised, I think, is like when we've done this and we've gone on the radio is actually when you show your vulnerabilities and you show you're not scared, it's actually a strength. Mm. But I think we're taught to wear that iron mask yeah. and... And I, I, I consider it like my doorman. You leave yeah. your doorman there. Whereas it's nice to have the doorman in the back room yes. knowing if anything happens, put your diplomat first yep. and your doorman's there yeah. to sort out the mess. But how most of us are is the doorman's meeting everyone. And if you can fight the doorman, yeah. then you get to see the nice side. Whereas older we've got, and I know we've been on a long journey together, I'm now trying to put the nice guy first. And if they don't, like him or they tease that nice guy maybe they're not worth having in my life yeah do you, do you think having the doorman like when we were younger do you think that made things worse it did you like to believe like if you're tough you're going to get the girls and if mm. you're tough then you have the friends but they're plastic girls and they're plastic friends yeah. they're like your barbies they're not real yeah but um it made it worse because it's harder to get rid of a reputation it is to make one yeah yeah and people love to drag that back up because i remember um when i first became a therapist and it was such a different job for me 
that um, people were talking behind my back and they'd say, ah, he's got a girl's job now. He's gone from BT, we had a great job there playing rugby. This, Look at him now. He's got a girl's job and this, that and the other. I remember this this drunk bloke was in the pub and I was sitting there and I was trying to explain to him what I was doing. I was really proud of, you know, how I'd turn my life around and, and started to help people. And he was out of his face and he was going, ah, I've seen you drunk and I've seen you playing rugby and rah, rah, look at you now. And he was horrible. And I sat there and, and, and the old me would have pushed him off his stool or something worse. But I thought, do you know what? I'm not that character anymore. Do you know, he's drunk and he's got his own issues. And I ignored it. And he, I just let him rattle on and I thought, he'll wake up tomorrow and hopefully he'll feel guilty and think, you know, he said something wrong. But it's funny, when you do make changes, the, the initial part of your changing, it's, it's about two years before people start to accept the new you. Do, do you did I, you find I that? I fully agree. But something else he touched on then, being a, an LP practitioner and his life coach or me buying a boxing coach, it's funny how people expect us to act when we're not at work. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I nurture children, I'm a role model, I'm a blah, blah. Yeah. but sometimes I like to go and let my hair down. Yeah. And I like to go and sing Dolly Parton in my pants and <laughs> <laughs> that's just around the house. <laughs> but, you know, and have yeah. a laugh. And how people, they go, well, you shouldn't be acting like this. I go, yeah. I'm also a human being. I have my flaws. I've got yeah. more than most. But sometimes, no matter what job you do, be it um, a banker, yeah you're still allowed to have your own fun time. And that's the thing is like, people expect it. It's like, our jobs are difficult because people don't realize like being a boxing coach as well, you're doing the therapy, you're doing all the talking to people and listening. And, and like we've said, you know, boxing clubs save so many people from so many, you know, bad choices in life. And that's why I love boxing as a sport. But you and I, and, and I listen to people's problems all day long. And I need to switch off. There's times where, you know, and I've been in the, I've got a habit habit now where I don't talk about work when I've had a drink because the amount of times I've been out and people go, what do you do? And then they go, oh, I'm addicted to cocaine and I want to get off it because I've got kids now or I drink too much or I've got anxiety and this, that and the other. In the old days, when I'd had a drink, I'd start talking to them. But if you've had a couple of drinks, you don't want to be doing that because I can't be as professional because it's switching off. So what I do now, I just say, look, I've had a drink. Here's a card contact me when we're both sober because you know when you're drunk you don't solve anything um but we need to enjoy ourselves and let and let steam off i mean i, I remember when i first started I, a, a woman came up to me a client and I'd, I'd gone out and i was on i think i'd had my second pint and this client came up tapped on the point and said <laughs> it was a saturday night she said should you be doing that mm. and i said what and she went oh the alcohol and i went uh, it's a Saturday, I've come out with my friends, mm. I need to switch off. So, so I ended up drinking in Birmingham for about six years after that, just I wouldn't bump into anyone. But I don't, you know, it's not like we do anything bad, like I'm terrible like you, I love the karaoke as yeah. well, and mine's Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> but why not do that? Why not, you know, we need to let off steam because, and that's the other thing is like when I go on holiday or I go out, that's my time to recharge my battery so I can come back and be the best for everybody else. Precisely. And that... That old saying, if you're on an aeroplane, get your oxygen on yourself before you put it on someone else's. Yeah. Because people like ourselves would naturally go, Nick, put it on, or Kev, uh, put, and then you pass out, and then we both die. Yeah, exactly. We've got to look after ourselves before we look after anyone else. And it's getting that advice, and that was the thing when we learned NLP, which stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And basically, to cut a long story short, neurolingu all Neuro Linguistic Programming is, is basically a study of what makes people excellent and how the brain works, you know, in terms of how you see things, hear things, feel things, and breaking those things down. And one of the great things working with uh, Kev when we were, we were training together and doing lots of different things is Kev because he he's, um, can't see so well he's got really great 
uh, he's improved all his other senses, so he has a, an amazing way of feeling things or hearing things or spotting things uh, very, very quickly, spotting patterns in people, and that's where you became really interested in that. Mm. And it's, I, I think it's you know massively helped you as a coach as well as a person, and both of us. You know, I think it teaches you a different way that you know because we, we we have assumptions about how the brain works but not too well but when you learn how it really works and how it affects other things you can make massive changes one thing i always remember because there's um, a feeling person nick's got the big words there's a feeling person a hearing person and a seeing person and he said well isn't it funny how some days you meet your friend's friend and he goes you two will really get along and for whatever reason you just don't click yeah and nick explained to me because he is a a seeing person, yeah. everything he says is involved in seeing everything and some people are hearing or hear. Yeah. So even though you're so compatible on paper, that's why sometimes people just don't click. And this, there's a really good example about that and, you know, I see relationships that don't work and you might have a, uh, the guy and he's a visual person so all of his language is, can't you see what I mean? We need to shed some light on this problem and the wife will say, he doesn't understand how I feel or he's not listening to me women tend to be very uh, kinesthetic and auditory so feeling and hearing so that's what women love to talk and talk about the feelings whereas men it's more visual and feeling than auditory so we'll talk less but we like pictures of things and uh, bright things and that you know that's why we love the bright lights the boxing matches and things like that whereas women go oh, it's too noisy in there because it's the wrong kind of noise for them how interesting but how many how many people do you know that affects and it, it's so right isn't it that's why probably Women go for looks. Women go for the compliments. Yeah, well, there's a funny thing. It says, um, why, do, uh, why do men lie and women wear makeup? And it's because men like what they see and women like what they hear. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting, you know, when you understand those, and this is what made me and, and both of us, which was fantastic on the radio, when we were actually on for two and a half hours, which is a, a marathon. I don't think they've ever had anyone on that long. That was on men's radio station, by the way. And, and what the great thing was is that's what's made us such good communicators now because we understand that people don't all receive information in the same way. Some people are visual, some people are auditory, some people are feeling kinesthetic. Um, and it was, a, it was a really good afternoon for us both, wasn't it, that? On about the seeing, hearing, I think education has failed on this because we are trying to teach the same way to everyone. I will talk and I will write on the on the blackboard instead of realising some people need to look at the blackboard. Some yeah. people need to, um, me and Nick now are interacting. Someone else Physical has demonstration. to. And I think instead of separating it as clever, all right and thick, yeah. if you add the seers, the hearers and yeah. the feelers doing it completely different, the same lesson yeah. differently, we'd have more results. Exactly. There is someone who is a pen pusher. Yeah. There's someone who is the leader and there's someone who has to get the bloody hands dirty. Yeah. And there's a job for all of us. It's like it's like saying, <clears throat> you know, a dolphin's stupid because it can't ride a bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most one of the most intelligent creatures on the earth. But if you judge his ability to ride a bicycle, you got that dolphin's thick. <laughs> Precisely. And how many of us have been treated like that? Yeah. Because... I'm good with money, but I can't yeah. work with graphs. Yeah, but the other thing as well is uh, one of the great thing about NLP is any skill can be learned, and, and that's the great thing. And one thing I did was I learned from Kevin what goes through his head. What does he see, hear, and feel when he's boxing? When he's throwing the shots, he's got very you know different ways of, and he'll use some sounds, uh, he'll move his body, he'll demonstrate, he won't talk sometimes, and that really helped me because I was able to unpick what he did 
to help me get improve what I was doing. And that's the same thing with life is what I would say is <clears throat> if, if your school's not good, if your coach is not good, if you did it and whatever's not good in your life, there's so much free information out there at the moment. Try and find those ways of learning how you can make yourself better. Or, you know, if you can afford it, get, get a coach, go and see a therapist, go and sort those things out. But what I'd ask you to do is, you know, don't feel stuck, reach out, you know, have a, have, do a, a Google search on NLP. There's so much free stuff out there now. And how wonderful is it to be in this time? In, one good thing about the technology is mm. when we were there, we'd have to go to the library. We'd yeah. have to go. And nowadays, it's at the click of a button. Yeah. And if you're struggling with diet or if you're struggling with a problem, Google it. And there's so much free information out there. And sometimes if you can afford it or save for it and... It's so worthwhile going to see someone like Nick because without him, I definitely wouldn't be a married man with a beautiful daughter and I wouldn't have able to have got to where I am now by meeting special people. Yeah. And, it, and you know, and that's the journey. Is like I, I started my journey doing the free stuff, going to the library and stuff, and then looking at listening stuff online. I mean, I've got um, a newsletter, free newsletter list that I, I give loads of free advice um, on there that Kev will put a link in for that later. Um, and there's loads of videos on there, and I, I've, I've even got a whole free goal setting uh, series that I did at beginning of the year and this is the other thing that frustrates me is on my newsletter list I said right there are something like there's 10 videos or something there's worksheets there's videos it's, it, it's probably worth about five six hundred quid as a course I give it away for free and about 20 people used it mm. and you know a lot of people going yeah yeah I'll do this that and the other and that's the other thing in life and that's what I love about boxing be determined mm. you know you've got to put the graft in you, nothing comes easy in life or if it does it's probably not worth it if it, yeah, precisely, and that's like with relationships. If you have somebody yeah. throwing herself all over you all the time, yeah. you don't return the text messages. If it's worth fighting for, yeah. then you want it. Yeah. And that's how you grow. There's another phrase, there's no growth in comfort. Hmm. Growth is always in the discomfort. It's always the, you know, I remember coming up here, you know, evening after evening, and it was always seeing the lads training hard, training to the limits, and you'd see them looking a bit despondent sometime. But that's when they're growing. That's where the growth happens. And next week, they've got that new, you know, backhand or whatever else it is, or they're adding in the hook onto everything else. And that's how people learn. Well, something, moving on to something that we were talking about earlier, because believe it or not, me and Nick phone each other a lot with very, very good friends. And, um, and we were saying about confidence and courage. Yeah. What would you rather have, confidence or courage? And confidence is a mask that you wear. Courage is a, sh a sword that you use. Yeah. One is plastic saying, oh my goodness me, he's, he's so confident he can do anything. Mm. Whereas the man with courage or the woman with courage, the person with courage will say, I am frightened, but I am going to do it. Yeah. And, and this is, I think this is one of the things that made us become really good friends is at the beginning, because I knew like, you know, you could have a fight and they sat near you, you did these things. And when we started talking about fear, and you, you said to me, Jedi, oh, I was absolutely petrified, but I still went forward, I still did it. And then I was petrified. And I was like, yeah, I'm like that. I'm like yeah. that. And that's why both of us, I wouldn't say are confident, but we're very courageous. Or I remember when we were doing a seminar and you said, like, where does, where's the, I, I've mentioned before yeah. about the boxers in here and yeah. what would you rather do, be embarrassed yeah. or be hurt? And yeah. everyone said, I'd rather be hurt than to be embarrassed, even yeah. though that embarrassment can't hurt them. Mm. But we're saying about different ways that fear happens. We're saying like, when I'm, when I'm frightened, I have that adrenaline, I have to have conflict with someone, my legs shake. And yeah. it, whereas other people, they get that, their feet are stuck to the floor. Yeah, that's what I get. My, 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 my adrenaline's pulsing through my body. Mm. 
uh, you said it's the fight or flight, either yeah. run away yeah. or you stand and fight. Yeah. Whereas the feet being stuck to the floor is what people often forget is the freeze. Yeah. And the freeze can be more deadly than the yeah. fight yeah. or the run. So if I run and he catch me or kill me, yeah. or I might fight and I might die or I might get nicked. Yeah. But the freeze is where that is the true uncertainty. Yeah, and I've had that and that's crippled me in the past, but also it was like, I didn't want to run away because I thought I'd be a coward. Mm. So I've stood in situations that I should never have been in in my life. Uh, you know, getting stabbed. You know, that was one of them where I should have got home and avoided it. You know, but it's that bravado that no, if you run away, you're a coward because the lads are swearing at me and this that. And, you know, it's stupid. You know, you nearly lose your life over an argument. But how many times, uh, Nick, have you um, you've had that good feeling? Well, I better not go out tonight. I better not go out with yeah. Nick because. And we go, don't be silly, Nick. You'll be fine. You're out yeah. with me. And, and that, that's your that's your sixth sense or whatever yeah. you believe in saying don't and then when you go against it something bad happens yeah well I got mugged that happened to me and it was uh, a few years ago and it was like there was a few lads were going yeah yeah come out well it was one lad and, I was, I, and he was I didn't trust him anyway and he said no no come out it'll be alright it'll be alright this that and the other and my gut feeling said don't go out and even when I was out I thought something bad's going to happen and had my drink spiked and then I got mugged and had my ear slashed and everything and it was, it was horrible it was like but you force against those. Your, your intuition is your greatest guide, mm. you know. And, and sometimes we don't do that. And I was saying to you on the phone earlier, you know, avoid danger, but face down your fears. When it's yeah. not dangerous, you know, it might be walking into a boxing club. I remember the first time I came here, you and your dad were here, and I was like, I was absolutely petrified. I was like, I haven't been in a boxing club since I was fourteen, and there's these people here, you know, his dad's at GB, and I was, I remember thinking. I'm gonna look a right idiot here. I'll get on the pads. I'm gonna. They're gonna probably say you rubbish. Get out and this, that, and the other. But it, that's the embarrassment holding you back, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I was so glad I did. You know, because we're here now, 15 years later. Um, and what a journey we've all been on. But as you're saying, fear and danger. Yeah. That it's um, it's like uh, danger. Should I go and jump on a hippopotamus's back? <laughs> that. Excuse my French. It's fucking dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But or the, or the other one, should I should I stay out past twelve o'clock when the missus is said being at twelve? That also <laughs> is. <laughs> and then it's having that fear of yeah. walking into a club or have I got the courage to go and pursue this thing that I really want to do? Yeah, whether it's boxing, whether it's a job, whether it's finding yourself a, a partner, whatever. Go, go, saying to your friends, I really like. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Really? What it, <laughs> well, like her in a bikini. <laughs> yeah, but no, you're absolutely right, and we don't do those things because we're embarrassed. And it's like sometimes it's like I have this thing, and I, the, there's a, we all have that little voice that criticises in our head, and and I think mine and yours are probably amplified more than most because I'm quite hard on myself as you are, and it's that bit. And what I do is I talk back to it and I have a phrase called idgaff. And the voice will say to me, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to create your own technique to do PTSD? And I I know it's it's been out for like 11 years now, but I remember about three years ago, somebody, because I hadn't publicised it properly, but it's starting to get more well-known and getting bigger and this, that and the other. And I had a load of people having a go at me and it really, and there was a point where I thought, I might give this up. Mm. And it brought me to tears and I thought, I'm going to give this up. I can't handle the abuse I'm getting. And, And I'm just trying to help people. And then in the end, I sort of wiped my tears away and I went, no, I'm going to fight. This, I'm not doing anything wrong. This is me- And now it's all eased off and all the people that were criticising me have just fallen into the shadows. Mm. 
But I had to say to that voice, Idgaf, I don't give a fuck, excuse my French. But I had to say it aggressively because that was what I had to do. I had to fight my own inner demons. You know, my own voice is saying, don't do it. It's like boxing. I love boxing as a metaphor for life. It was like life had knocked me down on the canvas and the referee's counting. And as he got to about seven or eight, that's when I had to get aggressive and go, no, I'm not staying down. And that, what a metaphor it is. I mean, boxing people don't realise it is a tough old game, but you don't see the love around them. Yeah. You don't see the, the when you take someone in the corner, someone would say like, Nick, you're bloody giving this away. And if you, then you say that to someone else and they'll have a belly full of crying. Yeah. And there's someone you'd have to say, look, you're doing ever so well, but what we've got to do now is get back to basics. But you talk to one in the wrong way, they won't respond. If I shout yeah. at Nick, he'll have a cry. But if you speak softly to Nick, yeah. He might not listen. So you've got to know how to talk to the person in front of you. And that's what NLP teaches you as well. It's about motivation strategies. Is this person a moving away from pain person where you go, come on, Kevin, you're going to throw this away. That's a moving away from pain. But a moving towards pleasure is, come on, Kev, put your punches together. You've almost got this, mate. Think about how it's good it's going to feel. And that's moving towards pleasure. And, the, and people are a balance between those two. And that's what you do well as a coach, Kev. You understand people's motivation strategies. And that's what a good coach should do. Because the old coaches, I call them the Mickey off Rocky, goes, you're a bum. You ain't good enough to lace his boots. Which yeah. is great for a Rocky. Yes. But not for someone else who's got just as much ability. Yeah. But if you say, get up your bum, and go, I'm not a bum. And uh, yeah. my dad always called me a bum and I've never felt... Yeah. That person, you go, come on, son, we're two step, we're one round away yeah. from getting this ABA title. And you yeah. will go, you believe in me. Yes. And people are listening to this. You've, this is something I'd like you to ask yourself. Which one are you? And yeah. I think once you can figure that out, yeah. the, the rounds don't seem so long. Yeah. And if, so, if you're in your life and someone is just having a go at you all the time and you're not responding, maybe that is why you're not responding to it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. Just because you don't like being shouting at doesn't mean you're less of a man. No. It just means you have to be dealt with in a different way. And it's finding the right people around you, the right people to motivate you. Because we've said this, you know, at, at boxing clubs, sometimes the parents can be the worst coaches for the kids. Oh, yeah. That's in all sports, yeah. isn't it? And, and I've seen that. And it, I, I, get, I get frustrated because I do uh, sports psychology as well. And I've worked with, you know, teenager footballers from most clubs. And football can be worse than boxing sometimes. And the, the dad will go, I want you to play for Manchester United. And I want you to do this. And he go, he's not doing well. He's not doing this. He's not doing what I'm telling him. But then his football coach, who knows what he's doing, mm. will go, well, that's not what we're doing mm. we've got to do it this way and that's why it's about that's why I think you need to take responsibility for yourself sometimes as well find out get the information from Kev me people like that find out what you respond to and put yourself in that environment well Nick we could talk all day but what we're going to have to do we're going to have to do finish now so I'm just going to leave you a little quote only a short one today tough times don't last but tough people do so until next time gang ta a bit Listen, listen.